0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Orlando, Florida. Police had to remove a woman who brought an emotional support squirrel on a Frontier Airlines flight. All right. I hate hurricane coverage. I hate it. Does this hurricane mean I can't? I mean, I I normally don't watch much anymore, but now it's you could pick the hurricane. They could replay hurricane footage and hurricane and the reporters and the meteorologists. I'm so sick of it. I mean, is it that biggest... Okay, it's a big story. It's a relatively localized story, right? We know what hurricanes do. We know they're going to be bad. Why not just report... I mean, I don't understand the wall-to-wall crap. First of all, we become jaded. It's sort of like mass shootings don't get our attention unless there's a body count over 20, right? Um, Hurricanes i know, seen one, seen them all, and I'm beginning to feel that the people who uh, locate uh, on coastal areas and uh, who are, uh, you know, flooded out or blown away uh, and then rebuild, I'm done with them. I mean, there should be policy in this country that does not allow any more coastal development. None zero that's if we were serious and the fact is is that you're paying <laughs> you, us who live well m- inland who've never had to deal with a hurricane the taxpayers through uh, federal flood insurance and other FEMA policies, we end up picking the tab picking up, did I say up the tab, I'm sick of it You had the uh, United Nations uh, International Intergovernmental Panel on Climate uh, Change, whatever, uh, coming out with their report. Uh, When was that? Earlier this week? And uh, they flat out said, (laughs) you better act now, you better redouble your efforts, or frankly, catastrophe, global catastrophe in within the lifetimes of most people on Earth. Thank God I'll be dead. One UN uh, official said this is what they tried to put out Uh, there was a deafening, piercing smoke alarm going off (laughs) in the heads of governmental officials all over the world. As we know, um, our government uh, didn't hear the alarm and continues not to hear the alarm. I, the stupidity of uh, our leadership, and it's not just us. The world is is uh, gravitating more and more towards stupid <laughs> and autocratic. It just is. Uh, here's some discon disconcerting factoids for you, as Hurricane whatever his name is, Michael. uh, Is that what it is? I see. I just uh, not paying any attention. Hurricane. Remember when they were all women's names? When did that change? When they started naming some of them after men? I don't know. Is it Michael? Uh, Okay. So this UN commission, just to make clear, is made up of scientists from 40 countries. In the world um, I believe there's almost a hundred of them uh, and that this is not a political <laughs> oh just shut up Colin nobody it doesn't matter it's not a political organization it's scientific they base their facts on science they don't and they just put them out there so that governments can um, you know uh, react intelligently to uh, safeguard and secure uh, their populations and ensure that maybe there'll still be people around in another hundred years. Uh, you might not know, but uh, in a few months, world leaders, a motley crew to be, to be sure, will convene in uh, Poland for a second round of uh, climate change talks, uh, the last of which got us the Paris Accord or Agreement, whatever it's called. But what those leaders in Poland in December have uh, have to do is politically impossible. Let's be, let's be frank. They ain't going to do what they have to do. Now, three years ago, every country agreed, to, because of the Paris Agreement, to, s- to set its own targets to bring down uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And every country did agree. Uh, you know that, uh, I'm quite clear that very few countries, uh, have actually met, um, uh, the targets that they agreed upon. As you know, the United States, that'd be your country, uh, the largest polluter, by the way, in global history. Hey, hey, we're number one, we're number one. No one could touch us. That's one of the reasons we're so big and tough. The largest polluter in uh, global history. Uh, We are nowhere, this will not surprise again, close to meeting um, the emissions reduction targets. Russia. (laughs) Again, one of the world's largest polluters. Russia never ratified their Paris Agreement. Brazil, I'm talking like big countries here, right? (laughs) These are big land mass countries and countries with global power. Brazil, greenhouse gas emissions there have actually increased since the Paris Agreement. Mainly because they're still taking down huge swaths of their forests. And let's note that, as we mentioned the other day, Brazil is uh, apparently about to uh, elect a president who is uh, a Trump clone who doesn't believe in climate change. Australia. There's another big one, right? Australia is right now, uh, has a new prime minister, and their new prime minister is a champion of the coal mining industry, a la Trump. So with all these big, rich countries not doing what they pledged to do. Smaller, still developing countries are saying, hey, wait, wait a minute. You guys got big and rich because you polluted, you did everything and anything you wanted. Now, we are finally at a position to grow our economies but now we're not supposed to do all the dirty crap you did, which is easy, fast, and cheaper in the short term. And so in the Paris Agreement, the United States and these other big countries agreed to establish a fund to kick in contributions that would help ameliorate whatever pain the smaller developing countries uh, were feeling as they attempted to meet target uh, emissions. Trump pulled us out of contributing to that fund. Australians' coal-loving new prime minister has pulled out of the fund. You know, I was asked by some of the people here, I mean, do you have a slogan for your show? I mean, because they're thinking in terms of marketing. Can you imagine? Um, and I say, I don't have a slogan, I, 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 I started thinking that I'd like to think that what sets my program apart from a lot of others is that it's a fact-based talk, reality-based And frankly, that's why it's so goddamn depressing. <laughs> it's so these are the facts. And, um, again, there's widespread consensus that um, some very big things have to happen globally uh, pretty quickly. And given what I've told you about how governments have responded to past promises, past agreements, past dire warnings, there is no reason to believe that we are going to meet this challenge as um, the prominent species on this blue jewel of a planet. What we have to do immediately is stop the coal. I was at a, um, outside with my dog the other day in a park next to a train, uh, track and this huge, huge freight train came lumbering by. It went, it kept going for <laughs> like 15 minutes or something. And much of the tail end of that long, long freight train was carrying coal. And I looked at all those coal cars whizzing by, and I thought, oh, Jesus. Wow. One of the reasons that we can't stop the use of coal is because of greedy sons of bitches like the Koch brothers, and the petroleum industry and the coal industry and their deep pockets, because they continue to fund all kinds of efforts to block imposition of like a carbon tax, which would really help. By the way, I believe Oregon, I just read today, has a statewide referendum on their ballots that would impose a carbon tax in that state, uh, which would be the first of its kind. No state has done that. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, Oregon voters are help show uh, the way. Uh, Justin Trudeau up in Canada just proposed a carbon tax uh, for his country, and uh, it is being <laughs> intensely um, pushed back upon. It says here, Charles and David Koch, who have deep interests in the fossil fuel sector, have handsomely Funded efforts to block a carbon tax in this country, it ain't going to happen. Same in Brazil. As I said, Canada, forget it, China, the factory of the world now, keeps burning coal, even though it is actually appearing to step up more than most countries, mostly because you've seen pictures, their cities have become so polluted. That people literally can't breathe, so I guess in order for us to not face the catastrophe, mass die offs of all kinds of living things, vegetable and mineral, <laughs> not mineral and uh, uh animal, widespread drought famine, increasing wildfires, uh, and then, of course, the, the resulting uh, refugee problems, intensifying uh, fights over arable land and uh, fresh water. All of that coming to, uh, not a theater, to your real life damn soon. So anyway, the, um, the, the UN report says that a, actually just a, a, a huge, monstrous effort uh, is needed now uh, to decarbonize global energy systems and uh, these scientists have said that the next 10 years are crucial. Well, guys, we're fucked then, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, let's be direct. The next 10 years are crucial. Last time I looked, as we said, the United States, Australia, Brazil, countless European countries are heading toward uh, authoritarian right-wing governments that uh, ain't going to do this. This is lefty shit. Global climate change. says here, carbon emissions would have to be on a really sharp downward path by 2030. Guys, that's 12 years from now, right? Yeah. Less than 12 years from now. Uh, If we have any hope of pulling this thing out. Uh, Renewable energy sources must increase... From right now, they account for about 20% of of the electricity mix today. That's got to increase to up to 70% um, in the next 10 years. Coal's got to go away. So that's it. I'm just saying and meanwhile, those reporters are out there standing up to Michael's fury. Uh, by the way, the funniest video ever was that one from the last uh, hurricane. You saw it, right? The, it was a Weather Channel reporter, I think, standing there, you know, bracing himself. He was like in a, almost a tripod pose, you know, just... Barely able to stand, while he breathlessly reported the f- force of these winds, and two people look like in shorts, wearing like wearing flip-flops or something, casually walk <laughs> walked into the shot behind him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so whatever. But no, the people's homes will be destroyed, washed away. And then we're going to pay to build all those homes right back up, right where they were. A country as stupid as ours does not deserve (laughs) to live, I don't think. I mean, people as blissfully... Uh, and stubbornly stupid. Uh, Darwinian science alone tells you, doomed. Doomed! <laughs> Understandably doomed. Okay, after depressing you, i got to read you the funniest obituary I've seen in a long time. Um, and this is from around here and i got to s- assume this guy wrote it before he died i don't know whoever wrote this guy it seems like he wrote it and um i'm going to read you the whole thing this is uh from october 2nd and it one thing, this guy Larry C. Deemer, uh, Larry Deemer ain't gonna have to at least see the catastrophe. He's already checked out, or as he says, and here I'll read it: Larry C. Deemer, 69, was stamped "Return to Sender" Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. He was born May 10, 1949, in Elwood City, to Claire and Mary Deemer. He attended Seneca Valley High School and graduated from Slippery Rock University. At age six, as his father realized Larry's potential, his dad promptly had himself neutered. Larry most prided himself on the fact that upon his high school graduation, Six of his teachers required psychiatric treatment for chronic depression and suicidal thoughts. During his collegiate tenure, Larry was a three-year starter on the basketball team, establishing scoring records and national free-throw percentages. Once he left college, Larry briefly, very briefly, earned a living as a male stripper. Facing impending bankruptcy, he taught and coached a variety of sports in Peters Township School District. Eventually, he became a supervisor for 26 years with Consolidated Coal. (laughs) I forgot there was a theme here. (laughs) During his coal mining tenure, Larry's most noteworthy accomplishments, and I don't understand this, was amassing 18 pairs of channel locks and 127 rolls of P tape. I, I don't know what that is. Following an early retirement, Larry formed a construction company and returned to college, receiving a pastoral certification. The next phase of his life found him ministering at Upper Ten Mile Presbyterian Church for 17 years. He was passionate about short-term mission trips, which specialized in, oh dear, rebuilding flood and wind-damaged homes. Larry! Wait a minute! Larry! So you're the one who kept going down and rebuilding right where the hurricanes took him out? Larry! Shit. Out of the goodness of his heart, but doesn't make any sense. All right. Specialized in rebuilding flood and wind-damaged homes, participating in over 30 trips, and visiting 12 states in the process. Larry had a plethora, its a good word, of interests, including occasionally dressing up as a woman, playing cornhole with kittens, and eating his favorite entree, cherry pie. Free cherry pie, to be exact. He was able to substitute his pastoral sal- salary by frequently visiting the Wheeling Art Institute, where he posed for aspiring student sculptors whose interest was creating images of Buddha. He loved to tell stories and freely admitted that a portion of what he said was true, but never disclosed which portion. To the astonishment of many, on March 10, 1997, he wed the love of his life, Gretchen Gatrell. Quite often he was quizzed as to how he was able to corral such a young beauty, and he admitted lying to her, claiming he was filthy rich. Larry and Gretchen were blessed with the birth of two children, Brooke and Colby, surviving in addition to his wife and two children, are a brother and a sister. Above all, Larry's greatest love was that of his Lord Jesus Christ, and his most sincere wish was that everyone would come to know and love God as he did. In lieu of flowers, the family asks for those who are willing to attend a church of their choice, and secondly, to break wind in a public setting. Visitation will be held from noon to 2, the time of service Monday, in Upper Ten Mile Presbyterian Church in Prosperity. Any person attending who cries will kindly be asked to vacate the premises. (laughs) Larry C. Deemer, cute. Alright. Oh, caller. You told me there was a caller. I forgot. Is there a caller still there? What an intrepid caller. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi.
0: This is uh, Joe calling. I never say my name. I don't know why I told you that. Okay,
1: now we know. It's uh, Joe.
0: Well, I've said it before. That's true, but I forgot. (laughs) What's that?
1: I forgot your name was Joe.
0: You you probably did.
1: Thanks for reminding Um, me. That's good.
0: Have you read anything what the Pope said? Which the Pope's been so disappointing of late. Yeah. But he said that abortion's like a contract killing. Did you read that? No. Yeah, he just came out and said that. No. And it's a And I'm wondering with this Kavanaugh in there, is he trying to throw out a call like, okay, we're ready to get rid of abortion?
1: Nah, he doesn't need I mean, to. He just makes He doesn't need to. do I know that. he
0: doesn't have no. You know what I mean, but yeah, the people that follow that
1: well, the church is pretty um uh, uh, pretty you know solid on on that point i mean they they want you to multiply that's what the church wants <laughs> they wants they, want <laughs> they want more they want more 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 more, multiply, 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 which of course is absurd, given where the state of the world is now, and um it's insane. It is a socially irresponsible um, kind of policy uh, that I think they think accrues to their benefit. Look, I, religion, don't even get me started.
0: Well, oh, I really wasn't getting into the religion end of it. I was just going to say to these people and say that you're pro-abortion. They'll say that, you know, like the liberals are pro. Nobody really is a pro-abortion or no. pro-choice, but no. you know what I mean? It's... It always gets me, but the thing that really bothers me is how they can disfund or the funding of Planned Parenthood, which slows down the abortion rate. They want to take the money away from that, and that's the biggest. If they if they're for uh, no abortion, you would, it, would think it
1: yeah. But wait a minute. Before that, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right, um, getting rid of Planned Parenthood will increase the abortion rate. Right. It'll just it, it'll increase the. I, illegal. <laughs> I mean the the, yeah. the 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 abortions that uh, easily kill the mother. Um, yeah, it's you get rid of safe uh, termination and you end up with unsafe termination, just like we always had before Roe. Um, I think what the court will do, they are. It's not going to completely reverse Roe v. Wade. What they will do is hand it back to the states. That's what's gonna happen. Okay? I yeah, mean I'm just I this just in. This just in. Abortion will go back to states. The federal uh government will take no position. Uh states so I mean you all know if if you live in Pennsylvania, abortion's gonna be illegal. All of these states and most states are Republican controlled. Um I You know, maybe Democrats will finally start figuring out how those stupid little elections that they pay no attention to um are right. the ones that matter the most. Uh, and the only way abortion will remain legal uh, is I don't know, Tom Wolfe now is the only hope um if it comes back to the states and Harrisburg uh, outlaws abortion. Um, Wolf would veto that. But right now there are enough Republicans in the Senate in Harrisburg to override that veto. Yeah. That's, and that's yeah. true in a lot of other states as well. So guys, uh you gotta I mean, and there's a lot of uh Democrats in in the state legislature who are opposed to abortion. Because there's a ton of Catholics.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: but, don't see, know... The whole
0: thing that gets me about that is it's based on their religious views and stuff. Right. So they want to push your religious views on you... Right. ...to determine the law.
1: Right. Which sounds but, yeah. uh, suspiciously... against the law. Yeah, suspiciously unconstitutional. Right. But so that argument just... Uh, I'm sorry. We are... Uh-uh. Ain't gonna... I, I don't know what to tell you. And then
0: it starts there. Then it's birth control. Then it's yes. what you eat. And if you go to church, if you don't go to church, you get fined. I mean, it could get down a slippery slope where we're living like these countries where if you're not a religious group, you might go to jail. I mean, that's – and people, they all, oh, you're crazy. Bullshit. It could happen. You get enough crazy people in there that are religious nuts and freaks because I call them Jesus freaks. Nothing wrong with religion, but there's a lot of cuckoos out there when it comes to that shit.
1: yep, I hear yep. you. thank you
0: okay, so all right, thank you, bye bye, 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 bye
1: you no, know, uh, I think anyone who's uh you know again reality based can see where this is heading in terms of abortion. It is heading back to the states. So you will have a whole swath of the South, the West, the Midwest, even up into the Northeast, if we can put Pennsylvania there, where uh abortion will be outlawed again. And so we're heading right back to um rich women, people with some means, ability to go somewhere or pay someone enough money we will be able to probably have safe abortions and most women will not and outlawing abortion does not stop abortion so women are going to be dying The Supreme Court did something yesterday, and uh, what's his name, Kavanaugh, it didn't have anything to do with it because uh, they ruled on something when uh, and Kavanaugh hadn't been on the bench at the time. And this is a scary thing they did. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable, It's not it's not surprising. It had to do with a voting rights case. Let me give you a little history. When Heidi Heitkamp won six years ago, a Democrat in North Dakota, when she eked out a, I think she won by what, no more than 3,000 votes, which in North Dakota is bigger than it would be here, but I mean still, that was a squeaker. And a Democrat gets in. She won't get reelected, I assure you. So Heidi Heidkamp gets in. The Republicans in North Dakota are freaked out. They met. They thought, what do we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? And they figured it out. Heidi Heidkamp pretty much took the Native American vote in North Dakota. And that's more than 3,000. That's more than the 3,000. So they see, wow, if she didn't get that Indian vote, we would have that seat. So they figured out how to keep Native Americans in North Dakota from voting. This is what Republicans do. They passed a law that said that in order to vote, you had to have a street address. You, You had to have an ID of some sort that showed A street address, a post office box, was not good enough. Guess what? Native American communities in North Dakota often do not have street addresses. Everybody has a post office box on reservations. Communities that are on reservations. So, the whole idea of North Dakota's 2017 voter ID law was to disenfranchise Native Americans because they voted for a Democrat. In April, a federal judge blocked large. Portions of the law. There are other portions of the law, because the court said, <laughs> "Hey, this is clearly an effort to de, uh, you know to, to defranchise Native Americans in North Dakota. It's mm-hmm. right out there." because under current law an individual does not have a residential street address will never be qualified to vote the US postal service does not provide residential delivery in rural indian communities so tribal uh, tri- these tribes use post office box boxes they're disenfranchised So that judge said, you can't do this. The state appealed. They got to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. And that court, and more courts will be packed with Republican judges. They're doing it almost every day, Trump. That court allowed the law to go into effect. The Supreme Court, yesterday, upheld that ruling. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, dissented. And she said that the court doing this was at odds with one of its most frequently invoked doctrines on election law, which is they have always said you don't change the rules right before an election. But the Supreme Court yesterday said, no problem. So that happened. A lot of Native Americans are going to go to the polls November 6th. 6? 6? And they are going to be surprised that they cannot vote. Ginsburg said the risk of disenfranchisement here is large. That's how Republicans play the game. And now they have the courts. The courts were the salvation, often, of progressives. And now the court system is increasingly just a rubber stamp for right wing policies. Just saying. God, I wish I had something happy to tell you. Seriously, I do. I've taken to, yeah, I look at funny videos on, uh, you know, on Twitter, on YouTube. I do. Because, uh, wow. Oh, dear. Barbara, stop sending, you find even more depressing stuff than I do. She sent me a report that Pope Francis is implicated in the sexual abuse of deaf orphans in Argentina. All right. Shoot me now, okay? I'm serious. says here, and I don't know where this is coming from, okay? Barbara, did you check this source? I don't know where this is from. As a cardinal in Argentina, Pope Francis was told that priests were raping deaf children but did nothing to stop it. In a sordid report from Oh the Daily Beast comes a tragic tale of the systematic rape and sexual abuse of deaf orphans (laughs) by priests and monks The story explains how deaf children were groomed for sexual abuse, noting that the the priests and monks created their own sign language that commanded the deaf and mute boys to perform oral sex and be sodomized. Anyway, this thing says, bottom line is, is that as as a cardinal in Argentina, Pope Francis was told, about this, but did nothing. I, I don't know. Wow. So, okay, change the bit. I was surprised by this. I did not know this. Wall Street Journal reported that increasingly, uh, school districts are moving to a four-day school week. Not around here. They have a map of the United States. And uh, Pennsylvania, there's not any district that has done that. But in most of the states, it appears that they have, especially in the West. Most districts in Colorado are now four days. Most districts in Nevada have now four day school weeks. New Mexico is heading into close to half. Oregon has sizable four days. Wow. So I thought, well, why are they doing that to save money? They save money on transportation costs, utility costs, and this is because, again, the uh, wonderful Americans, uh, our governments, and our the people. I guess just don't see education as something they want to be taxed for so that they can provide their children with an education. Uh, although this report is very upbeat, and they say that it doesn't appear that the students suffer any, um, any problem in terms of their abilities and what they learn and getting into colleges and stuff. And uh, the teachers love it. And because teacher satisfaction is so high, morale for the teachers is up, as is teacher retention. So that's what they're saying. School districts using a four-day school week have become uh, common in Western states. Uh, There are some states that, uh, by law, don't allow it. Pennsylvania is not one, but I'm looking at some. And it's up the eastern uh eastern seaboard where you don't have this. Uh but wow, that whole hunk of those big square states except for California where it is uh not allowed, uh they're doing it 4 day school weeks. And speaking of uh, schools, uh, next week we're going to have a guest uh, in studio. Have you seen, like, uh, there's going to, we've got a, a ballot question on our, here in Allegheny County, and I, I, I want us to be uh, aware of it. Um because I was not. I started seeing signs about a children's initiative or we have, you know, we care about the future or the sort of like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, what is that? I <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, what it is is uh, we in Allegheny County will be uh, asked uh, to approve um uh, a tax increase, although I, I don't know if it's called a tax. <laughs> it is a property tax increase uh, that will amount to uh, $25 for every 100000 assessed valuation, okay? So whatever that means to you, I mean... Uh, Obviously, if you are living in a house with an assessed valuation of uh four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, you can afford the hundred and twenty five extra bucks or something that you'll have to pay right um, but uh this is for something called a children's initi county children's fund, and so the money that would come in from that dedicated fund will be used for after school programs uh, learning after school programs healthy meals I don't know all kinds of stuff this is what is unclear to me so uh, you know it, it it's presented like sort of do you care about children yes or no you know of course I mean your sense is I got to vote for this but I don't I really don't quite understand specifically what they're talking about doing with this money, who runs it, who this, that. So we'll have um, Patrick Dowd, who used to be a on the city council and then went to the school board, right? And he is a teacher, was a teacher, will be uh, joining us because he is part of the uh, effort to get this on, to get this up and running. It's not unlike, you know, we pass that library uh, little tax, right? That, and I think the people behind this saw that. They thought, "Wow, people are willing to, if you tell them specifically what it's for, will you pay more in taxes? Just a measly twenty-five bucks for? Would you do that to help the library?" And Allegheny County voters said overwhelmingly said yes will you do it to this and that yes so we'll see it's interesting and i wanted you to uh to know a little more about it okay well that's the school beat um i hate amazon i just want to put that out there um i i am work very hard never to order anything from them it's hard <laughs> it's really hard, but I hate them. I, I I I love the old way of buying stuff. You know. Again, we were talking yesterday about you know of having to get up, <laughs> of having to get up and move. You know, go to a store. Look at the stuff. Buy it. Take it home. Um and Amazon just got a lot of credit because they finally, after a lot of pressure, right, announced that they were uh raising their pay for everybody, all that sort of slave labor they had in all their um all their facilities where whatever it is All you guys are buying all the time is you know stuck in boxes and mailed out. Uh, So they raised their uh, the minimum pay to fifteen dollars an hour. But here's something that wasn't made clear. So they raised the rate to fifteen bucks an hour, but they got rid of a bonus program. That had been in place that was very valuable to a lot of their employees. And they also got rid of giving stock to their employees. So once the news, you know, was initially, you think, whoa, whoa, we got a raise. And then you find out, oh, but they're taking away these other things and those two other things if you subtract those from the raise guess what <laughs> a lot of their employees will be making less not all especially the the $15 uh, rate will especially help uh, seasonal and part-time Uh, employees, because that will be a substantial uh, uptick. But for people who've been there for a long time, who got shares in Amazon stock each year, they keep the shares. Here's how that works. You get a share. You get to keep the share if you're still working at the company over two years. If, you're, if you don't stay for at least two years, they take the stock back. And it's just like a one share, a two share. It's just little things. But employees have been getting two shares a year, I guess. And that's worth, according to like the market value yesterday or something, that's worth $3,725 and likely will grow. But workers have said that, wow, they rolled this out. It's taking effect November 1. And that means that when they made most of their money in bonuses for the holiday season, they're going to lose all that money. (laughs) And there's all these sad stories about how a lot of people who work there, I mean, they rely on that influx of money that comes at the end of the holiday season and end of the year. And some people, like one guy in the story that I read, he uh, paid down his credit card debt last month because he thought, I can do this now, thank God, because I'm going to get that influx of money in December no he ain't and so now he's saying gee whiz I'm now I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to cover my regular monthly bills so just to say the way that story was covered Bezos, Bezos whatever the hell his name is you know gets credit right and gets richer. And some employees will see a little uptick, but for many workers who work for Amazon, uh, uh uh-uh, starting in November all they see is no more stock and no more of this other compensation that they get for all kinds of other little things, but that would add up a bit. So, as Paul Harvey used to say, that's the uh, the rest of the story. Um, okay. I have a caller? Uh, you keep telling me and I keep forgetting. Are they still here? Another intrepid caller? Hi. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I'm sorry I kept you waiting so long.
2: That's okay. I just wanted to, I guess we're getting close to the end, end this on a good note. I really appreciate some of this information that you provide because otherwise I don't think it's out there anywhere. And I'm specifically talking about um, the scenario you gave. Was it yesterday or the day before about the senators that voted against? the Supreme Court justice and how they far out their popular vote totals far outweighed those senators who voted in favor. Yeah. And I, I would have never have gotten that information. It's quite interesting and it's something that was an eye opener for me, but you always provide and like the information today about North Dakota. <laughs> I would have never known that if no. I wouldn't have heard it here. No. And um, I just wanted to thank you for that little stuff because it's very helpful. It put things, it puts things in uh, a, a, a perspective of reality, and I don't think, like I said, that information is not out there anywhere that I know of. Well, you found it thank
1: you. Yeah, it's out there because I found it, but, yeah, but that's my job. Right. I, I look and then see this stuff, and that's why, I, yeah, I want to spread, spread the word because our media, especially where most people get their news, you know, from television, they don't report some truly important stuff, you know? They just don't. But thank you well, so know, much. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I, I know I know that the some of these events a lot of these events are very difficult for you because of your passion, but keep it up please, because like I said, um can't listen every day. Sometimes I listen to you on the the podcast or whatever, but um keep it up because that
1: information is very helpful. Oh, thank you so much. You made my day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thank you. And um, thank you for waiting so long to say that. Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah. What? The Myasthenia Gravis Association is pleased to present... 75th birthday tribute to Joni Mitchell on Friday? Oh, no, it's just that she's not really here, is it? Is she? Huh? No, it's a tribute to her. Oh, I thought they were saying... I'm sorry. Headline, I got fell for a headline. Um... Okay, I think that might be what I have for today, pretty much. Oh, except I just want to say this. Antonio Brown, I used to really like him, you know, dancing with the stars and stuff. He has a smile that, as they say, lights up the room. He He's good looking. He's an incredible football player. And I guess he's a real jerk. I he's a real jerk. Jeez, uh, wow. He's got a he had a hard childhood and a hard time coming up all the way. All, I mean, it's a tough. It's a you know, it's a rags to riches story. But what's sad is clearly he he's carrying so much anger and bitterness and ugliness which he camouflages with that beautiful smile i actually f- sort of feel for the guy he never had the, a proper mentor there's some character development he didn't uh, he didn't get i there's a front page story today about him trashing this apartment in my in florida throwing furniture that he didn't own. It was a furnished apartment out the window. Something landed in a hot tub. There were people at the pool that could have been killed. He was throwing it out of like a 17th story window. I mean, that's just like crazy stuff. Money don't buy you happiness. That's the truth. There's another fact nobody wants to know okay, that's it, I'm done, and that guy made my day. I always leave here so depressed. I got a little bit of a a jump in my step, a little hop. I feel it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow with more depressing news.